Hi there, it's Hannibal. It is in the wee hours of April 5th, 2018, um, roughly 2 o'clock in the morning. It has been a very interesting couple of days. I am living a showbiz life in Showbiz Central. I am living a magic life several times a week in what is possibly, arguably, the greatest place for magic in the world, the Magic Castle in Hollywood, California. The history behind that building and the greats of my craft, the giants in my art who have crafted um, the very fabric of the things that I do in my craft while trying to fashion it into art, have stood on the same stages that I'm standing on. They've walked in the same halls, and even if you don't believe in haunted houses, these living men and women have left behind a great legacy and a, and a general feeling of, of whimsy and magic and love in the halls of this wonderful place. It was already an honor and a privilege to work there a couple of times a year, but now to live so close and to be welcomed almost nightly with open arms by the people that work there and, and several several people who I respected and looked up to for years uh, have taken me aside and have said, it's about time you got here, so I'm at home. I am broke. I am at one of the worst fiscal depressions that I have ever been in. Well, at least since college, um, you know, living a bachelor's life on crumbs and ramen, uh, <laughs> I'm not quite there, but uh, in, a, in a really big way that's freeing. Um, there are bills piling up and there is debt that I can't begin to touch, but the number isn't huge. If I'm really honest with myself and I look at what I am capable of earning and what I am, what I am, the potential I have to, to make money, the number's not big and I can, I can get it down with a little luck and a lot of hard work and a lot of elbow grease and getting my face back out into the market and, and really focusing on what I do and the people I care about that I'm doing it for. This is Across the Table, the podcast of Hannibal the Magician. I am Hannibal. And I'm really glad to be doing what I'm doing. I, uh, I am behind in a lot of things, on bills, on alimony, on, on debt, on taxes. But I can climb out of this, and I will climb out of it. Um, I have had people that I love, people that I care about, friends who have supported me and continue to support me through things like Patreon and purchasing my book and, and, and listening here, just, just the very support of listening to my stories and being interested in what I have to say it is more support than you can possibly imagine to me. I'm, I'm really glad that you're there. And as I look at the numbers of how many times these things get listened to, they aren't, they aren't massive numbers. They aren't huge numbers by any, any perspective, but they're healthy, especially for how long I've been doing it and, and what I have to say. And and gosh, I wonder if it's even exciting or not, but there's still a hardcore number of you that, 
that do tune in and do listen and, and, and keep up, and I'm really appreciative of you. I want to apologize um, for something that may have been misconstrued uh, or heard the wrong way or, or, or interpreted the wrong way. The last podcast I did was at the book signing at uh, the Magic Apple, and um, during the uh, during the podcast, a young man walked into the room that we were at, and and he came in with a ton of attitude, and he came in with a ton of smugness, and 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 a bit of playfulness. I will, you know, I will go that far. He, he anyway, we all have our own stories, and he's very young, and he's very impressionable, and. Maybe he thought that was appropriate behavior, but he came in and he kind of asserted himself and interrupted. And I, I was sarcastic and I was condescending. And he was, he was in the arena of showing off skill for no other reason than showing off skill and trying to get a pat on the back. And I don't, um, I don't reward that. That isn't magic. And I, you know, it's a skill, certainly is, and it's at least part of juggling uh, these moves that he was doing. And it's cardistry is is, is kind of um, what the the, the, the modern term for it is. And that's all great. And and if that's what you want to study and if that's what you want to do, go for it and be the absolute best you can be and change the face of it and change the world and make people happy. I will never look down on you for that but don't call it magic because it's not it's not a magic effect there's no magic moment there's no astonishment there's no magic it's pretty it's it's uh it's a craft in its own right um it is uh, from what i can tell it's incredibly difficult to do well and to be impressive with it so if you're gonna do it do it with all your might but don't call it magic and don't come into my arena and push things aside and interrupt people and expect me to not say something. Now, perhaps I could have been kinder. I've listened to it again, and yes, maybe I stepped in a little hard. Um, I'm used to dealing with drunks. I'm used to dealing with grown-ups, with ego problems, you know, at the worst of the, the things that come in front of me. And they're very much a minority, but I know how to deal with them so that it doesn't hurt their feelings and they get the idea. And in listening to it, I was a bit heavy-handed with... Uh, he wasn't a child so much. He was at least 16. Uh, I believe he said he was 16 or 17. But I did step on him a little hard. Uh, in my own defense, I was recording a podcast. I wanted it to be as smooth as possible. Um, I was talking about art and things that were important to me, and he stepped into my space. If I dealt with it too harshly, I apologize. I had two people call me on those things. Um, this is going to sound a bit harsh. This may sound a bit... I've been gone from Charlotte for six weeks. Um, one of the One of the people that called me on my condescending attitude today... When I initially moved out, sent me a lovely gift, and it and it warmed my heart. It made me feel really good um, to be noticed and remembered and thought of and and cared for, and you know, and the affection that went behind it meant the world to me. But then I didn't hear from them for six weeks. Not a 
how are you doing, not a thinking of you, not a, a text or a, a message on my Facebook or anything. It was as if um, I had completely fallen off the face of the earth, like I moved and we want nothing more to do with you. But then I did something that they felt was inappropriate and they jumped up to let me know. And it wasn't even in a high, how are you? I'm concerned about this thing. You know, no no real greeting, no affection, no care. It's, uh, I think you did this thing wrong. And uh, it hurt my feelings. Um, and, you know, when I inquired about, you know, I haven't heard from you in a while, it was, well, I was waiting for you to call me. This is from both people. This is not just, I'm not singling any one person out. There were two two individuals, and they both, they both uh, the same way, both responded the same way. And, of course, with my mindset, I'm questioning my own actions. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm working hard. I've, I, uh, I've uprooted myself, and I've put myself in a new place, and the prospects are good, and the thing, but the, the work has to be done. And I am literally working as hard as I can every single day to set this new life. And I love you all, but there have been damn few of you who have checked up to see how I'm doing. Those of you that have, I love you and I appreciate you. Those of you that haven't, I understand life is busy. And I understand things get in the way. But don't, you know, don't let your first words to me in, in several weeks be judging and, 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 oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm rambling. Maybe I'm reading this all the wrong way. I'm just saying that to not be thought of for six weeks or not have someone reach out in six weeks and the first words coming out are, you did this thing wrong. Or you, you were, I was very shocked by your behavior. Okay, ease into it maybe. I don't know. Yeah, who am I? Just another human. I'm doing what I do and I'm working hard at what I do and I'm trying to focus and I'm trying to get my feet underneath me. That's really what I'm doing. I do what I do for love and I do what I do to try to brighten other people's day and to, and to bring something new into their lives. We all have a gift and we're all expected to use it and I firmly still believe that. It's kind of a humanistic look on things, kind of the Thomas Paine way, but I'm also, I've been studying a lot of stoicism, taking care of oneself and, and accepting the road as it comes to you. And there's a lot of wisdom in that as I, as I grow into this new age and accept the silver in my hair for the memories that they represent. I love you, okay? I love everyone listening. I love everyone not listening. I'm doing my best, but God, I'm tired. This is the right move. Moving to L.A., 100% the right move, despite obstacles despite the difficulty despite the struggle and and all the everything that's coming against me and the weight that is on my shoulders i'm not going to sit here and pour me myself this is not a pity party i have it really really well i am admired by people that i admire i i've been accepted into a great peer group i have wonderful opportunities and they will come true, but the struggle is real and the struggle is ongoing and it has to be taken care of every day. And forgive me if I am putting myself first in almost everything that I do. I have to take care of me. I have to take care of the instrument. I am going to take care of the instrument and I am going to pursue this goal, this dream, this 
this work that my hands were made to do, and I'm going to do it without apologies, and I'm going to do it in the way that I know how, and I will follow my road. That's the only way that I can get respect. That is the only way that someone is going to look at what I do and say, know when to compromise, know when not to compromise, know that you have to take care of yourself. I have to admire myself for that. And I'm going to keep trying. That's tough for me. I put out, let's change the subject. I think I've made that point fairly clear. Um, thank you for your help. Thank you for your support in all the ways that you do support me. Uh, I put out a question on Facebook, and I got some marvelous responses to it. Um, the question that I put out, or the thing that I put out there was, ask me some, what is your favorite question? What is your favorite food? What is your favorite color? And I, I'm amazed at the thoughtful questions that came my way. Quite often in art, or in any endeavor that has an artistic flow or a creative flow to it, sometimes, most often, in my opinion, the questions are far more important than what the answers are going to be. You have to question, why am I standing this way? Why am I holding this note this way? Why does this line belong in this particular place? Ask the questions. What am I trying to say? Is this really what my heart wants to put out? Uh, am I getting my message through in a clarified way? And, and, and does it matter that not everybody understands? So, these are the questions that came my way. I'm not going to read the names of the people that wrote them. Um, but here we go. What is your favorite sound? My favorite sound is the, is the weaving of a deck of cards. Now, when you shuffle, when you do a tabled riffle shuffle, yeah, I'm kind of technical. When you, when you, these are terms that not everybody who's listening to this is going to understand. But when you see a regular shuffle, uh, the two-handed type, there is the snap of the cards hitting the table and, and slapping each other as they come down. But then as you put the two halves together and apply pressure upward, you get the bridge. And in the bridge is that weaving sound, the sound of these bits of paper, these dancing cards, weaving back together. That's my favorite sound. It, it's the sound of work. It's the sound of rehearsal. It's the sound of art. It's the sound of anticipation of what is about to happen. And that's my favorite sound. What is your favorite trick that you've ever performed. Silver Memories. It's the time machine trick, the push-up trick, the three coins in the cylinder trick. If you've seen me work, you've probably seen that. Um, you know, I, I, that was one that took me over 10 years to develop and, and get the script for and do the right way. And um, I'm very pleased with, the, with what it grew into. Um, I just lost my place. I just closed the window on my little phone trying to read the things. Let me get back to where I was. I apologize. But that's what podcast does, right? Um, oh, goodness. I may skip around. I may do some. What's your favorite fast food burger? Quarter pounder with cheese. Um, McDonald's. It's a childhood thing. It's the taste that I loved in high school. It's the taste that I loved... In, uh, in college, and uh, it is still, it's still my thing. Uh, it, it's, it's time traveling, you know what I mean? Uh, what is your favorite insect? Death's head moth. 
you know, the one from Silence of the Lambs. What is my favorite hidden desire? Well, after some hemming and hawing back and forth, um, I want pure love that embraces and transcends the physical. I want to be looked at with honest measures of respect, hunger, and heart love. I have a hidden desire of a woman who likes domestic fantasies. Snuggling together on a couch, mad passionate love uh, on a hammock in our backyard. Whatever comes to mind, living life in its moment and sharing that with someone, that's, uh, that's a really strong desire. Favorite cookie, snickerdoodles. I like the taste. I love the taste of cinnamon. I have a secret passion for cinnamon. And I just like the name, Snickerdoodles. Slow Gin is my favorite spirit or alcohol. Slow Gin uh, is a song also by Tim Curry that I first heard in high school. Uh, when I was in college, I tried Slow Gin and I fell in love with it. Slow Gin and Sprite is my go-to cocktail. The bartenders at the Magic Castle know this. And uh, it's heartwarming to have one waiting when I walk through the door. Favorite memory from a stranger. Ready for a story? I was in an airport in Chicago, and I was having some food during a layover. And there was this guy, uh, kind of a businessman, about my age, which at the time was 46, 47 years old. And he's just he's across the terminal. He's just right across. And by the way, why are airports called terminals? I'm not happy with that. Could we get some kind of board on that to change the name? Terminals is, is too terminal. Anyway, he's standing across the way and he's looking at me. And right before the, the plane started boarding, he put his backpack on the ground and he started rooting around it. And he moved some things and he pulled something out and he walked over and he held up an origami dollar bill elf boot, um, the kind that I give away in my shows. And he says, I believe you're the magician and you gave this to my mother. She kept it on a desk in her office and she often told me that it made her smile and it reminded her that magic can be real. I'm on my way home from her funeral. I took this. I took this in order to remember her smile. Thank you for giving it to her. What more could I ever ask of what I do for a living? What more could I ever demand of the gift? In a show, I folded a dollar bill and I told a story and I gave it to a stranger and it made her smile and it gave her hope. And not only did it give her hope, it shined, it allowed her to shine enough to give hope to others, to give love to others, to, to, for them to see something special in something very simple. It affected lives that I had never met before. What else could I possibly ask of this gift in my hands? The tiniest things, the smallest things, the, the littlest gestures of something you do in kindness for somebody else can, can resonate through the entire world. I mean, literally, dozens of people you've never met can be affected simply by the way you treat one person. I am living proof and evidence of that to be a fact. 
What is my favorite climate? The the fall in North Carolina in the foothills or in the mountains. The colors on display, the, the bold greens and the reds and the golds and the and then the way the, the sky sets them all off. The the smell of the earth, the the distant sound of the streams and the the sometimes heavy air that marks the different pressures going back and forth, the change that is happening and the magic that is happening and all those those little things. That's my favorite climate. I spent many, many, many times there. I hope to again. What's my favorite color? Well, you know what? No secret. I took this a lot. Green is my favorite color. All shades of it. All shades, all... Everything. You stand and you look into a forest and you see the thousands of colors of green. That's my favorite color. And that, and that, and that. Green is the color of life. Green is the color of living. Green is the color of magic. <laughs> what is my favorite rap lyric? We got determination, bass and highs. White castle fries only come in one size. Slow and Low by the Beastie Boys, my friend. That one little line, that, that one little couplet, those two lines together. We got determination, bass and highs. White Castle fries only come in one size. It's a mantra. Live up to it. Favorite philosophy? Humanism. Basically Thomas Paine-style humanism. Leaning towards Stoicism. Uh, because Stoicism has helped me get through some of the rougher parts of what it is that I do. Some of the trials, some of the speculation, it's been good to me. Um, I'll leave it at that for now, to be explored further later. What is the absolute best thing that ever happened to you? I drew breath, and I kept doing it. What's the very worst thing you've ever eaten? Eat, what's the very, very worst thing you've ever eaten, and what is the very, very best? I did a show in Hamburg... Uh, 2010 for BE Aerospace. They're having a trade show there. I was going to be entertaining um, in the uh, in the hospitality suite and in the party that followed. And uh, one of the evenings I was there, I said to the to the concierge at the hotel, I said, "I want to try uh, the food that the locals eat. I, I want. I don't want to go to a chain restaurant. I don't want to. I, you know." That's interesting, and I don't want to go to any place fancy. I want to go where, like, a family would go out to dinner, something locally owned from local farms. I, I want to experience this place that I'm in, um, you know, the way I would if I lived here. And he directed me to a place, and it was quaint, and it was lovely, and it was very German-European, and I had the most god-awful dish I've ever had in my life. It There was a layer of beets, at the, at, the, at the bottom, and I don't mind a beat or two, but holy smoke. Uh, anyway, the bottom of the plate, large plate, lined with beets, and on top of that, some kind of potato concoction, and on top of that, a, a meat that I could not identify. It didn't taste like anything else, and I really did not want to ask. It was kind of a hashy, uh, chopped something. And all those flavors ran together, and, and I, I did my best to be polite and, and put a dent in it. But, oh, my God. Uh, 
the very, very best thing I've ever eaten, my grandmother's chicken and dumplings. That is the taste of home. Uh, what is my favorite place to sleep? In my own bed with the pillow that I've had since I was a toddler. I have this massive goose, goose down and foam pillow that uh, has seen many better days, but man, I'll never get rid of it. And knock on wood, it may get rid of me. Um, I'm surprised that it is all holding together, but it is all holding together, and that's where all my dreams are stored. What's your favorite magic effect that you don't perform at all? The Azra Levit Levitation. Uh, the Azra Levitation is a... Usually a young woman is laid down on a table. She is covered with a cloth. The performer then causes her to levitate off the table. She rises and falls, uh, all in slow motion. You can see her form clearly under the, uh, under the cloth, under the blanket that is thrown across her. She rises above the magician's head. He pulls the, uh, pulls the cloth away, and she is gone. She is, uh, she is completely vanished. It's called the Azra Levitation. I bet you could find uh, performances of it on the YouTube. What is my favorite kind of sock? I like woolen socks. The only part of my body that ever gets really too cold is my feet. Um, but when they get warm, holy smoke, they get warm and they stay warm. But I like woolen socks. I like the feel of them. I like the way they they hold up. And Argyle, I just, I just really like Argyle. Fun fact, it is very rare for me to wear matching socks. Very rare. Catch me on a good day. What is my favorite shower smell? Old-fashioned Irish Spring Bar Soap. It is, uh... I don't know why I like it. It's just, uh, it's a great smell, and, and I love it. Favorite book in stage play? Favorite book, if you don't know by now, Watership Down by Richard Adams. Uh, my favorite stage play is Death Trap. Um, the movie's okay. Movie, there's nothing really wrong with the movie. But if you get a chance to see the play, wow, to see the play. Favorite childhood memory? I was lying on a raft in the above-ground pool that my father put up in our backyard... The sun is shining on my shoulders. I am looking out over the top of it. My mom and dad are tossing a frisbee back and forth. They're tossing it for themselves, and they're tossing it for Schatzi, who was a German shepherd that we owned for a while. Um, and they are laughing, and everything is right with the world, and they are loving each other, and it's, uh, it's all beautiful. And I, I have very, very clear, vivid memories of all of that. My feet in the water... The sun on my shoulders, my hair kind of in my eyes. I was a scraggly little boy. <laughs> and uh, my mom wearing a yellow sundress, her hair pulled back with a, with a blue, like, handkerchief, like kerchief. Uh, my dad wearing a red shirt and khaki pants, and, and they're just laughing and, and cutting up with each other and joking, and the... The dog is, is, is running after the Frisbee and, and bringing it back to one or the other of them. And, and it's just, uh, it was a beautiful day. I, I, I don't, it's really that moment. It's really that, that, that brief couple of seconds of the Frisbee being thrown and the dog bringing it back and them laughing as they wrestle it away from him and throw it again. And her, I guess, Shotzi was a she. Favorite villain, Grendel. Absolutely, Grendel. 
Favorite currency? Uh, what is your favorite type of currency? Um, as a medium of exchange, true friendship. Uh, there needs to be a lot more of that real, true friendship. What is your favorite reoccurring moment? The uh, standing just before the curtain opens. Anticipation of the show that is about to be done, waiting to be introduced. Standing in the shadows of the wings or, or just behind the curtain before it opens. There's a very still moment when everything clicks together and I'm preparing to step out on stage. Uh, favorite, oh, I missed a question. Do you, favorite story of a heckler you've put in place? I'll have to answer that one. I, I don't have one right off the top of my head. Favorite movie about magicians? Uh, Penn and Teller Get Killed. Favorite bedtime story? Oh, The Places You Will Go by Dr. Seuss. Favorite cartoon, Underdog, Speed of Lightning, Power of Thunder. What is your favorite dive bar? Mickey's No Name Cafe in Puerto Vallarta. I did a week there of comedy shows with Margaret Smith and learned a lot. Learned a lot about comedy. Learned a lot about working for drunk audiences. The whole week was really special. Also marked a turning point in my life. Not talking about it right now. There'll be more. You can count on me. Uh, if I don't, you know, ask me about it. Ask me about stuff that happened in Puerto Vallarta. It's it's pretty much a podcast all by itself, or maybe a genie column. Uh, favorite road trip? Honestly, the trip I took across the country from North Carolina to California. Yeah, it was tough, and man, some stuff went wrong, and it was a great adventure. And I learned a lot about myself, and I learned a lot about my focus, and I learned about again, why I love what I do and and the journey to get there. Favorite citrus fruit? Clementines. Just love them. Uh, favorite Halloween candy? What do you hide from trick-or-treaters? Um, caramel creams. Uh, the, I think it's Hearst is the way you say that, but the, the caramel with the, with the cream center, that's my favorite. Never get enough of it. That's kind of it for the uh, for the questions there. Um, you know, if you if you're on my Facebook, please do more, talk more, uh, ask me more questions, be a part of my life. It is uh, a little uh, it's twenty minutes after two, running at about thirty minutes here on this one, and maybe it's time to wrap it up. Um, send me comments, uh, send me messages, let me know. What you're thinking? I mean, I know I see there are a few of you listening. Uh, when you do this, share it with other with friends uh, that you think would enjoy it. Let me know that you are enjoying it. Let me know if there's things you want changed, stuff you want me to talk about, stuff you don't want me to talk about. Uh, am I sharing my history with you well enough? Am I telling the stories well enough? I'm going to keep self-examining and and your input. I'm not saying I'm going to change, but I do desire your input to see what you're thinking of of what's going on. Um, I'm used to an audience, you know, and, uh, you're my audience, but I can't see you. I'm delivering this blind. I'm simply saying what's coming to my heart and what's going on in my life. World is scary, boys and girls. I've lived through a lot. I've seen a lot and I've seen, I'll be real honest. I have seen scarier times. I have seen things that have been far more. Irritating, terrifying, fear-inducing 
than I am seeing in the world right now. Maybe I've just gotten old and I have gotten used to things or I've just gotten numb to them, but I don't think it's as bad as we are letting ourselves get into frenzies to be. You could love, you know. You could love and you could erase invisible lines and you could welcome with open arms and you could not send away the people who have fulfilled the law and are legal just because paperwork wasn't quite the way you liked it years ago. I'm not getting political just yet. I'm, I'm so tempted, though. I'm tempted to express my political views a bit more in my social media. I don't know if it would cost me jobs. I don't know if it would cost me stage time. I don't know what the cost would be. There would be a cost. I will lose friends because I have some very strong opinions on where they are. And maybe they're whimsical. And maybe they're nonsense. And maybe I'm just dreaming uh, of a better world where people just simply love each other and ignore the lines that aren't really even there. Call me crazy. Yeah, go ahead. Call me crazy. Because I am. I, uh... I did not do the things I was accused of. I'm not a bad man. I will tell you the truth. I will lie to you about some things, but there is always fundamental truth in what I have to say. In these things, I am speaking from my heart. When I am on stage, and this includes being on a stage, I am always going to deliver truth for you, to you, no matter how far-fetched the stories are. Speaking of, I'm going to close with this story. It's 100% true. I was there when it happened. It's going to sound a bit whimsical, but it ain't. I'm going to embellish a few details, but not many. I live and work in Los Angeles. I am... A lot of the work that I do, a lot of the things that I outreach at are in Hollywood. I was having dinner with a friend slash client. Sitting nearby was a gentleman, businessman, roughly my age, 52. Um, much more conservative in his dress and in his grooming, but about my age. Also, he needs to moisturize more than he's doing. Anyway, his date was a young lady who, during the course of conversation, mentioned that she was 26 years old. I pick up on things. But she could have passed for 12. She could have passed easily for 15. Very young features, very naive tone. I want to use the word streetwise, but that wouldn't be true. Scraggly blonde hair, a little bit unkempt, a little bit unwashed, if you'll pardon the expression. Didn't look like she was leading an easy life. I'm not judging. I'm describing. She could have been easily 15 or 16 years old. She said she was 26. She presented the server with an ID that passed. I don't know. I simply don't know. She mentioned that she had a child. She talked about when she graduated from high school and the math added up. I was not eavesdropping. They were sitting near us. Both of them were talking fairly loudly. Bits and snippets caught my attention, and I simply store things away like that. Anyway, 
In the course of the conversation, uh, the gentleman, um, they were talking about work. They were talking about what he did for work and what his line of uh, employment was and what his career was. And, and she was very fascinated by all of this. And in the midst of the conversation, he asked, what do you do for money? And she said, I am a sugar baby. At first, she said, well, I don't really want to talk about it. He leaned on her a little bit. He pressured her a little bit. Come on, tell me, you know, tell me what you do. Is it, is it a secret? Do you work for the government? Uh, you don't have to be ashamed of anything you do, et cetera, et cetera. And finally, she said, okay, I'm a sugar baby. There are men that take care of me. Straight up. He seemed far more shocked than I was continued the conversation and everything went on well and they talked about travel and they talked about etc etc and at one point he says so is this a legitimate date are you genuinely interested in me or are you just prospecting for new clients and she truthfully said a little bit of both I do date and I do date men that aren't paying me um, I'm just kind of assessing where this relationship is going to go and I thought, wow, how incredibly brutally honest. That's pretty straightforward. That's pretty straight up. He's, there's no illusions here of what he thinks he's getting into or what might be. <laughs> it's just pretty straightforward. So I kind of I kind of shut it out for a while and did some other, you know, did focused on the people I was with. And uh, a little bit later, they are uh, they are talking about what they're going to do after dinner, and they agree to find a. Uh, uh, a mutual quiet place. Let's be kind of polite about that. Um, he was expressing some hesitation. I don't really know you that well. And she's like, well, we know each other well enough. Let's see what happens. So they started to leave. But just before they got out of earshot, she turned around and put her hand on his chest and said, oh, just so you know, I'm kind of a heroin addict. I have a little heroin addiction problem. But it's okay. I only smoke it. I no longer uh, I no longer do needles since I left prison. The end. <laughs> All I really have to add to that is hashtag Hollywood, hashtag show business, hashtag holy cow. Ah, uh, what's the Bruce Willis line? California, man. California. I know it happens everywhere. I know it's a thing, even back in Charlotte. But wow, blatant, boom, out loud, enough for the restaurant to hear. I lead a very exceptional, exciting life. So, um, I hope we all leave on a good understanding. I hope I have not further insulted someone. Uh, I hope I've not shocked anyone. You know what? No, screw that. Take it back. I hope I shocked you all. I hope that you found some interest. I hope that you found some entertainment. I, I hope that you learned something, both about me and about the world that I live in, and about the world that you live in, and, and I hope that you'll take away some of these good words and do a kindness. Reach out and love one another and erase the lines, and let's... Let's communicate, huh? Let's communicate. Take care, my friends. I sincerely hope there's love where you are.